All right. So if you want to read tonight, we can line up again if you'd like to. If you don't want to, we understand. So tonight we're going to go into Proverbs. We done ran all of Psalms, so we're going to go to Proverbs tonight. Proverbs And we'll start reading Proverbs tonight. All right, that's good right there. All right, so here in Proverbs chapter uh, 4, today's the 4th, we'll read chapter 4. And so there's 27 verses and there's 6 of you guys. So uh, 6 times uh, 4. It's 24, 6 times 5, it's 30. So 6 times 4, let's read four verses apiece. This is read. And starting with Brother Charles, you can read 5. Okay. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law, for I was... My father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of thy, my mother, he taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Thank you, sister. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget not it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee love her and she shall keep thee wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting get understanding exalt her and she shall promote thee she shall bring thee to honor when thou dost remembrance her thank you She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Thank you. Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of the wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. Why? All right, sister. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. My. The way of the wicked is a darkness. Mm. They know not as what they stumble. At what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Amen. Thank you, sister. Keep that heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 6 tonight as we continue to preach through uh, how to lead someone to Christ or how to win somebody to Christ, however you want to pronounce that or say that. Um, so we've been trying to go through that to, to bring some scripture, to bring some understanding, to bring some clarity to be able to do that uh, amongst yourselves with somebody else and, and have confidence and understanding to do that so that others that are lost without Christ, they can count on you. 
Amen. And so here in, in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We read one more time. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name tonight. Thank you for the reading of your word out of Proverbs chapter 4. Thank you tonight, Lord, out of Romans chapter 6 tonight, Lord, as we endeavor to understand your scripture. God, to be able, Lord, to understand, to take somebody through the Bible, God, who knows not God, and God, that we might be able to see them get saved. We know the power is in the gospel. We know the word of God is what brings forth faith. We know the spirit of God is what indwells them to get, that makes them born again. We know this, this evening, dear God, that it's all the work of God. Salvation tonight, dear God, is you. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand it more clearly. Father, give us the words tonight to say. God, help us to preach and teach tonight, dear God, in power and authority, and yet with compassion and love. Father, that all things will be done decently in order in the house of God. We love you tonight. We thank you for loving us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, the, I guess the only announcement tonight is 6 o'clock on Friday uh, for those that are 18 through 30 who want to go to the bowling alley and to bowl. And uh, then we'll be back here to the church and we'll have some pizza. And then we'll have a little Bible study that uh, will try to, try to uh, encourage you, try to uh, bring you closer to the Lord. And that's our desire uh, for those two two things, pizza and, and bowling. And so uh, we pray that you'll pray for us as those who, who will be there. Uh, you come and bring a friend. And those who are not going to be there, pray for us that we might be effective and be help to those that are amongst us. And so here in Romans chapter 6. Now, do we have papers? Everybody has papers? Nobody has papers? Brother Keith, you help us on the papers? If uh, it should say, sinner needs a savior. Everybody should have a sinner needs a savior. Everybody ought to have a savior. Everybody. All right. All right, perfect. Now I didn't uh, I, I didn't do any lines this week. I didn't like that line stuff last week, so uh, we kind of just went back to the old the old paths, and so we hope that uh, it, it ain't gonna bother anybody. But I did try to leave some spaces so that might you might want to bring put some notes or something like that. Uh, of course, that's just an outline for you to have so that whenever you are studying and try to memorize scripture and try to to get it all together as far as uh, what do I need to do. Now, up to this point here, we have talked a whole lot about the sinner. If you remember, we've talked about why am I a sinner? How did I become a sinner? Why am I a sinner? We talked about what the sinner needs to do. We talked about that last Wednesday night. Tonight is going to be a little, little different tonight. Now, I did start out with my first point is the focus. The focus that we have had so far is the focus was on the sinner and his sin. In order for somebody to come to a place of need of salvation, they got to know that they're a sinner. They got to know that they're a sinner because they sin. But they also need to know, and I'll put a scripture there. Uh, there's many scriptures, but I just use that one. They need to know that the birth of a sinner, that they were born sin, sinners. Uh, that's the way that uh, God has created them. It says there in Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We find if you never sin in your entire life, you're still a sinner uh, because you were born in sin, and we know that's impossible. But becoming a sinner, uh, the next point there be is in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We find now, according to the Scripture, not only were you born that away, but you become that away because you actually sinned. And we find out that all have sinned. 
and uh, in that thought tonight, so you are a sinner and you do sin. And we got to understand tonight that the first place, the first focus in which we got to do and understand is that they need to know that they're a sinner, uh, that they are a sinner uh, because of their birth and a sinner because of their doing. Amen. By becoming a sinner. We find thirdly in the scripture the brokenness of a sinner. We see the brokenness in this scripture here in, in Romans chapter 3 for the wages of sin is death. Uh, that's the brokenness of sinner. That, that word wage is earning and they earn hell. And the sinner needs to know tonight that they're not going to hell because God sent them there. And they're not going to hell because uh, there's some sort of race or some sort of color or some sort of gender. Uh, They're not going there because they're not uh, something this, that, or other. Uh, But the reason why tonight is because that's what they have earned uh, because of their sin. And so understanding that, the second thing the word wage means, it means tonight deserving. And so they're deserving of judgment. Sinners tonight who get received wages, or all of us who receive wages, is what you receive is something you deserve. Uh, you work for it. And if you work for it, you deserve it. And so they worked for it. They lived it. They liked it. They loved it. And sin now is what the wages they're going to receive. And so they deserve judgment. Thirdly, the word means receive. The wages of sin is the receiving of sin. And what that is, that's death tonight. And we find that death is damnation. We find that death is separation from God in hell. We find that death tonight is a sentence upon that sinner. We find that death tonight is judgment of God. We find that death tonight is the wrath of God upon all sinners tonight. And so they need to see that. Uh, We preached on that last Wednesday night. It was very sobering. Uh, on that message last Wednesday concerning judgment and condemnation and concerning death and, and perishing. And so the, when you're bringing these things or these scriptures or these points under these people, when you're talking to them and going through the Word of God, uh, you just need to come to a place where you focus on that sinner and focus on that sin. Now, we're not going to ask them to confess their sins because they can't. But we are tonight going to ask them, are they, and acknowledging tonight that you're a sinner. And because that you're a sinner tonight, and that sin is going to bring forth a wage, and that wage is something that you've earned, is something that you deserve, and that is judgment, and that is hell without God for all of eternity. Now, when a When a sinner would get to that place after the reading of the Word of God and after the Spirit of God is doing that work, uh, as the Spirit of God will be convincing and convicting, uh, reproving of sin and of judgment and of righteousness, and as the Word of God is bringing forth faith into the heart of that sinner, uh, you'll find that the Word of God is now opening the eyes of the sinner. And the eyes of the sinner is now becoming to the place where you know what? Uh, this sinner needs a Savior. You know, that's where we are tonight in our teaching. This sinner needs a Savior. And tonight, that's where every sinner needs to come. If you have to pull the arm of the sinner, if you have to make a deal with the sinner, if you have to kind of pry the sinner, or you have to kind of make him feel bad, or you have to sort of, uh, you know, work on him, uh, then it's not what God has done. Tonight, it's what you're going to do, and you're not going to have results with that. But whenever they say to you, after you show them the Scripture, the Spirit of God has now been convicting them, the Word of God has now been uh, bringing forth faith in their heart, and they look to you and say, this sinner needs a Savior, then you'll find that the working of God is now in place. You'll find that you don't have to force anyone. Uh, You don't have to push anyone. Uh, You don't have to do anything to anyone. They'll tell you whenever God has drawn them and the Spirit of God has convicted them and the Word of God has put them in a place of awareness and acknowledgement that they're sinners and because they're sinners they're going to die and go to hell without God. Uh, You won't need to have any type of work on your behalf on that. But we, we, we got to understand that tonight because I know a lot of churches tonight, uh, they, they say to people, well, pray after me. You can't pray after me. A lot of people say, well, you know what, won't you just come and get saved? You tell your children, won't you get saved? You tell your spouse, won't you get saved? You tell your friend, come to church and, and come on, just get saved. You know, that, that don't work. 
It's the work of God. Salvation is completely 100% the work of God. It's not the work of the sinner. It's not the work of you that are working with the sinner. It's not the work of the preacher. It's not the work of the church. It's the work of God. And so that tonight must be right in front of us. And so now we come to this place where he said, where he says, and our focus has been the sinner and, and his son. But now we come to another point. It's called fixation, I called it. And now we've got to get fixated. We've got to have a time of fixation. It's going to be upon the Savior and his salvation. And that is in the verse 23. So uh, verse 23, the par- first part was the focus. And then verse 23, the second part is going to be, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We've got to get fixed on that. We've got to make sure that whenever we are leading this individual to Christ, that Christ is the fixation, Amen. not the sinner. And we, we kind of have to direct that. We kind of have to keep that in front of us because many times a sinner wants to be the attraction. The sinner wants to tell the story. The sinner wants to tell you how it ought to go. The sinner says these things. The sinner sort of wants to be the one who's got to lead and guide his own way. Uh, but it don't happen that way. And so the fixation has to be on Christ. I hear a lot of people get up and give a testimony, and they say, wow, what a testimony. Man, I'll tell you that guy right there, he's going to do something for God. You know, and it's not about his testimony. It's about Jesus. It's not about any of us sinners tonight. We've got nothing to talk about. We've got nothing to tell. We've got nothing at all to, to give tonight. It's Jesus who we're fixed upon. Amen. It's Christ tonight in whom you will win a sinner to. And so tonight, with that fixation, we got to come to a place where, uh, yes, we focused on the sinner and his sin. But, man, it says now we've got to get fixed on the Savior we're going to get to the place where, where it is about Jesus. And so let me show you tonight about verse 23. I notice it says there, but the gift of God. Now that's the gratuity of God. The gratuity of God. Yes. Now we, we find, you say, well, what does what all that really mean? Well, uh, if you give a gratuity, for example, uh, if you go to a place and you got over 15 uh, 15 people with you or something, they'll put a gratuity on your ticket, right? Uh, and then, of course, if you want to give above that, I guess you can on the way of a tip. And so, but the gratuity is already placed on all that, on that ticket there. And it's going to be a percentage, say 20% or something of the total bill. And they're going to add it into that bill. Well, that word gift there, that word gift means gratuity. It means, it means this, this is what God is going to put on. This is what God is going to do. And so who is he doing it with? He's doing it with the sinner. So for the wage of sin is death. And God says, sort of like, that's the service. Right? Because gratuity comes along with services. And so we find the services is the sinner sinned. That's the service. The sinner is rotten. The sinner is lost. The sinner is without God. And God says, but the gift of God, but the gratuity of God. I got something for you. I, I'm going to service you. I got something uh, to give to you. Uh, and I got something that's going to be laid to you. Uh-huh. Gratuity. So that's what that word gift means tonight. So we got to get that. So when that sinner would say, uh, you know, why would God love me? It's gratuity. That's why. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. And we find number two tonight, not only does it gratuity of God, but that word gratuity or the word gift there, it means it's a donation. It's a donation. It is something given voluntarily. The gift of God is something given voluntarily. You didn't work for this. You didn't do anything for this. There was no trade for this. Uh, There was absolutely no business deal with this. This was a gift of God. And one of the definitions of it is the donation. This is a donation that God has given. He's given the gift of God not for return, not for extra, not for uh, something, but voluntarily a donation. And tonight we find that that doesn't mean donation, but it also means tonight uh, that it's a desire. 
The word gift of God, the word gift means endowment. It's an endowment. Now, what does that mean to you and I tonight? Well, if you have a school and you want to give $50,000 to the school so that they will buy books, that's an endowment. Right? So I'm going to give a donation. I'm going to do it because I got a desire, because I want that school to have books. If you have maybe a college that needs some land and you want to give them $100,000 so they can purchase some land, that's an endowment. And so when God sees the sinner, when he comes before the sinner, he says, I've got a gift of God for you. And not only is it a donation, but it is an endowment. It's something that I'm going to give to you so that something else can happen. Right? right? I'm going to give you this gift, and in this gift, in my desire, is that you have eternal life. Right? And so that word gift tonight, we've got to get that, we've got to get that tonight, uh, that it, is a, it means a gratuity on one side, but then it means an endowment on another side. And so the point that's trying to be made tonight is this, is there's not anything that the sinner has done to deserve it or earned it, or there's nothing at all. It's an endowment. It's a donation. Uh, it is, thirdly, a deliverance. That word gift of God means deliverance. It means tonight a rescue. It means a saving or a forgiving or a pardoning. That gift of God means also a granting. And so when you put this in kind of context tonight of the scriptures, and it says, for the wages of sin is death, that's horrible. But then he says, but the gift of God, but the donation, but the endowment, but the desire that I have, and but the deliverance, but. And we say tonight, thank you, Lord, that we have such a thing, that God would give us this gift of God. Number two, not only is it a gratuity of God, but it is a gift of God. Now, what is the gift of God according to the Scripture? The gift of God is eternal life, Right? So if the gift of God is eternal life, that means that denote donation, that means that endowment, that means that deliverance was eternal life. And so we find in the scripture the gift of God is eternal life in verse 23. So eternal life tonight is the opposite of eternal death. You know what the sinner had before God's endowment, before God's, before God's donation or gratuity? Tonight, you know what he had? He had eternal death. But what God has looked at the sinner and said, Sinner, without your help, without your being responsive to me, without being reciprocal to me, with, without me asking for one thing from you or you doing one thing, I'm going to give you eternal life, which is completely opposite of what you had. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So whatever you had, Wherever you were headed, whatever place you was going to land, and wherever you were going to be in your destiny for all of eternity, I am giving you something in the gift of God that's the opposite of that. Hallelujah. I might want to get saved tonight. Yeah. Amen. I mean, what a good thing. Well, wouldn't it be good that we can explain this to the sinner? They might, they might kind of come to a realization tonight. Uh, that they need to be, really need to be born again because of what Jesus has done. I'm telling you, I'm afraid tonight of the preachers that are preaching behind the pulpits and the Sunday school teachers that are teaching tonight in classes tonight and uh, members of churches tonight who use this phrase, uh, just pray after me. And they say, well, do you want to go to heaven? Do you believe that Jesus died and was buried and resurrected? And you say, yeah, I believe all that. And then that's all they do. And they, they pray after them and they move forward and they have no idea what's going on. There's no explanation about the gift of God. What does it mean? And how did it get there? And, and why was it even given? Well, we find it was a desire. We find it was for deliverance. We find tonight it was a donation. So it was not only an opposite of eternal death, but tonight this, this gift of God, which is eternal life, is overcoming physical life. What God is saying, he says, i got the gift of God, which is eternal life, and you're going to die physically, but I've got a eternal life. i got a gift tonight that will overcome that. 
that you can be passed from death unto life with this life. This life here that I want to, that I want to donate, endow, that I want to desire and deliver for you is a life that is going to overcome when you die. Right. And so you don't have to be concerned about death. No. I'm, try, I'm trying to give you something that overcomes death. Eternal life. Eternal life not only overcomes physical death, and it's the opposite of, of eternal death, but it's also tonight uh, opposing a spiritual death we find tonight. We find tonight that, that what they had, the, the, the dead spirit, and he says, I'm trying to give you eternal life. I'm trying to give you spiritual life because you don't have it. So what you have is opposing to what I have. And so tonight I'm letting you know the gift of God is eternal life. And so we find tonight with that thought that uh, God gives everlasting life, God gives abundant life, and God gives spiritual life. That's what God gives. God gives eternal life that's for all eternity in heaven. God gives spiritual life that you and I that can have worship and fellowship with God and we can understand the Spirit of God and we can walk in the Word of God. That's only spiritually speaking we can do that. And then He gives us abundant life and that means tonight as a physical in the way of living every day for Him, we can find joy, we can find happiness, and we can find riches, and we can find a place in this life with God. Abundant life. We don't have to walk around afraid. We don't have to walk around here discouraged. We ain't got to walk around in fear. We ain't got to walk around as if we're defeated. We ain't got to walk around tonight as if we're second-class people. We can walk around in abundant life tonight that we are the children of God. We're living with God, and God's with us tonight, and we've got an abundant life tonight that we can live not like the world, but like God's people tonight. And so we see, he said, i got eternal life. So we find the gift of God, the gratuity of God. We see thirdly tonight that the gift of God in this verse is the grace of God. We find the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the grace of God. So what is the gift of God tonight? What's the gratuity of God? It's the gift of God and it's the grace of God. To the sinner... God is saying, it's my gift I give to you. Why are you giving me a gift? Because you're a sinner, you're going to die and go to hell. And I'm giving it to you. I'm making an endowment so that you can have eternal life. I'm giving you a gratuity so that you can be delivered from hell. What a God. He says, not only do I give you my gift and my gratuity, but I give you my grace. My grace tonight that will be delivered, you'll be delivered from death through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's grace. You'll be delivered from death. Number two, you'll be forgiven of sin. That's what the gift of God is tonight. The gift of God is forgiveness of sin. It is the deliverance from death. The gift of God tonight, which is the grace of God, you'll be granted eternal life. That's the grace of God. The grace of God will bring forgiveness. The grace of God will bring deliverance. And it will bring a granting. The grace of God, fourthly tonight, is a rescuing from hell. That's the grace of God. Tonight, if we can look to heaven tonight, up to our Father and say, Boy, when you saved me that day, you really showed me some grace. And today I still have grace and I'm glad tonight that you'll give me living grace and one day, someday, you'll give me dying grace. But your grace is sufficient tonight. We see tonight that, that God's love is for the sinner. Hope you see that. That God's great love is for the sinner, but God's everlasting love is for the sinner. Tonight, He is willing every single time that the sinner tonight would turn to Christ, he's willing to save. He says, anybody in the world tonight that can't be saved, I don't know if you can say that tonight. Because we don't know the hearts of people. Now you say, oh, there, is there a time and a place where God won't save? Yes, it, it is a time. But how do we know that they're there? How do we know what's going on in their heart? We don't know that. 
Now, we know there's a time when God will not save. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, he didn't save uh, Judas. Right? He didn't save Judas. He didn't save Simon. There in Romans. He he didn't save him. Or Acts, I'm saying. So, So we find some people in the Scripture tonight that he didn't save. I'm just saying tonight, but we don't know who is at that point and at that place. So tonight we can say that the Lord loves with an everlasting love. He's not willing that any should perish, that all come to repentance. So we find not only to the sinner is the grace of God, but for the sinner is the grace of God. For the sinner. We know it's for the sinner, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's where every sinner must be fixated on. They cannot be fixated on their sin. You've got to come to a place where you don't, when you stop looking at your sin. Your sin is not important. And you can't be fixed upon your destiny. I'm going to hell or I'm going to be this and I'm going to do that. You can't be fixed upon your life. You've got to be fixed upon Jesus Christ our Lord. All eyes are upon Him. Amen. That's where you and I tonight in leading someone to Christ has to bring them to all eyes upon Christ. Yes, it's the grace of God. And yes, it's the gift of God. And yes, it's the gratuity of God. But tonight, all eyes are upon Christ. Now let's turn to Romans chapter 5, which is a little chapter back. And I want you to notice tonight why all the eyes are upon Christ. In dealing with the gift of of God and dealing with the grace of God, all this is within this chapter here. So in Romans chapter 5, I want you to notice the reason tonight that all eyes are upon Christ is because the singleness of this man. Look at verse, look at chapter 5, verse 15. The singleness of this man. He says, But not as the offense is, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, the singleness, one man. One man has the gift and one man has the grace. One man. Look at verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one, man, by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one. Singleness. One. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, Therefore, as by the offense of the one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, so even by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men of under justification of life. One. Look at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience were many made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So we can come to the conclusion tonight, and as you bring forth the, the truth of God's Word, uh, the reason why that Lord Jesus Christ tonight is the one that we need to fix ourself, our fi- fixation upon is because He's the only one. No one else. No one else tonight, nobody else ever, before or after, never will be, never can be. Tonight, one is only. And so here we find tonight the singleness of this man. Number two, I want you to notice the success of this man. Look at verse 15. The Bible says, but not as the, not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God. But the gift of grace, by the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. The success of this man. Jesus has never failed. He's always abounded. This one man abounded. Look at verse 16. And not as it was by one man that sinned, so that the gift... For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justifications. Abundance or many offenses. Many offenses. But he was abounding of many offenses. So it didn't matter how many offenses there was, it was his success of his abounding over those offenses. You could bring a million offenses to him, and he would abound in every single one of them. How about a trillion? 
You could bring a trillion to them, and he'll abound in every one of them. Success. This man and his success. Look at chapter 5, verse 19. For as, many, for as by one man's disobedience were many made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Success. Success. All through the Scripture, why the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, He just abounds. No matter how many offenses there are, He abounds. No matter how many disobedient, He abounds. He's an abounding, and so the success of this man is why we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, the superiority of this man. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. He says, hath abounded over. What has he abounded over? Well, let's look, let's look at it. But not as the offense, that's sin, and so he's abounded over sin. So also is the free gift. For through the offense, sin, of one many be dead, so now he over, he's abounded over death. We find much more the grace of God, the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, who abounded unto many. We find that he has abounded over the world, many. He has abounded over death, dead. He has abounded over the man, Adam, one. He has abounded over sin, the offense. He's abounded. Number two, look at verse 17. He has abounded over. The verse says, For if by one man's, sin, men, men, one man's offense, death, reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. We find that he hath abounded over, or death he conquered. We see that in verse 17. He, de- he conquered death. Death did reign, but not with him. He conquered death. We find not only abounded in, in conquering death, we find that he controlled death. And we find that death he championed. So we find in this scripture, in verse 17, that death did reign by one, but the last part of that says, shall reign in life. So he has championed death, he has controlled death, and he has conquered death. That's why we look to him. That's why he's superior. We find thirdly, in verse 17, that he hath abounded over death, but then we notice in verse, uh, verse 16, he hath abounded over judgment. The Bible says, and not as it was by one man, one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one man to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. So now we see he abounded over judgment. He has abounded over condemnation. Verse 19, he says, as by one man's disobedience, uh, many were made sinners. He has now abounded over disobedience. And we find the offense in verse 20. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound, but he overcame that too. And so we find the night that he has overcome judgment, condemnation, disobedience, offense tonight, he hath abounded over. So why are we looking to Jesus? Well, he abounded over uh, tonight, over sin. He abounded over death. He abounded over man. He abounded over the world. He has, has conquered death. He has controlled death. He has come to the place where death has been championed by him. We find that he has uh, abounded over judgment and over condemnation, over disobedience and offense. And then we notice he also abounded in verse 15. That no matter how dead, the Bible says, look in verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more. So it doesn't matter how many died. It don't matter how much death. It don't matter. Much more. Jesus is much more. I want you to look in verse 17. It don't matter how depraved you are. Verse 17, it says, If by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more. Much more. Look at verse 19. It says, As one, by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one many shall be made righteous. Much more. Look there in verse 20. Moreover the law entered and the offense might abound, but when sin abounded grace did much more abound. And so we find this one 
this Jesus, of, this Jesus Christ our Lord, and he's superior. He's superior, and he handles everything that you find as a sinner that has the wages of sin. I mean, every single aspect of the sinner, and Jesus is saying, I abound in all that. Much more, much more, much more. I mean, there's nothing you're going to bring to God where God says, no, I can't abound in that. It don't matter what sin you offer. It don't matter what disobedience you offer. It don't matter the condemnation. It doesn't matter the, the uh, condemnation tonight. He abounds and over all. Amen. I so. Thirdly, not only in the sinner, to the sinner, but I notice with the sinner. He says in verse 23, he says, All that I just spoke of about Jesus Christ, he said, in eternal life, he says, through. But the gift of God is eternal life through, through Jesus Christ. So all of that, I just got these talking about how he abounds and it's more and how he has, he has been superior. He has been the one tonight who has uh, overcome. He's the one tonight that, that will bring forth this victory in our lives and this eternal life that God wants to give to the sinner he says, I, I have all of that for you. This donation, this endowment, this deliverance, all of that is for you, sinner. And he says, in order for you to get it, you got to go through Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we find with the sinner now, in order for him to receive the abundance of grace, look there back into chapter 5. Look at verse 17. It says, they which receive abundance of grace. Receive abundance of grace. So in order for you to receive the abundance of grace, which you need, because it's grace, it's going to be much more. It's going to be the gift of God that's going to be much more. It's going to be the gratuity of God that's going to do with abounding. It's going to be the very grace of God uh, that is going to be what you need. In order for you to receive that, you have to go through Christ. See, He wants to give it to you. He wants to bring grace into your life, the abundance of grace. All the sin and all the ugliness and all the hurt and pain that you and I have been in and have caused. He said, I want to clean that up. I want to clear it up. I want to make you a new man and make you a new woman in Christ Jesus. He said, so what, this is what we're going to do. You got to go through Christ. Through Christ. That's in order to have this abundance of grace. Number two, I noticed that uh, you're going to have to receive the gift of righteousness. In verse 17, it says, and the gift of righteousness. That means tonight that he wants to bring righteousness to unrighteousness. That word, that word righteousness means to be justified. And so as you talk to the sinner, and this, you stand before the sinner and say, this is what Jesus Christ can do for you. This is what God wants for you. But in order for you to get it, you have to receive it. And what you have to receive is the abundance of grace, and you have to receive uh, the very gift of righteousness. So you got to be justified. You're not fit for heaven. You're not ready. You haven't come to the place where you are meet for heaven. All of us tonight are unfit. But he says, I want to give you the gift of righteousness. And that gift of righteousness is justification. I want to declare and I want to render you just. Just as if you've never sinned. Just as if you were clean and pure. That word not only means be justified tonight, but it also means uh, to the sinner as he's giving forth, he says, I am wanting you to be innocent. And that's what the righteousness means. The gift of righteousness is to be innocent. And so we find tonight, in order to be innocent with God, we have to receive the gift of righteousness. Not works, 
Not baptism, not joining churches, not being Jewish, not being Baptist, not being Catholic, not being Muslim, not being any of those things, but receiving the gift of righteousness, and that will make you innocent. Amen? Amen. So we got to understand tonight, as the sinner is so bad and so ugly headed to hell, but man, in order for the good news to shine, the bad news has got to give, be given first. That the focus is the bad news. Now the good news is the shine on this thing. And the good news is this, is that if you want tonight to be justified, you want to be righteous, you want to be innocent, you want to be pure with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Through Christ. It's all available to you. It's right here at your taking. It's right here at your attaining. This grace, this gift, this gratuity, the gift of God is right here for you to apply to your life. And all you have to do is receive it. But you have to do it through Christ. Through Christ. So there's no exceptions with that. There's no uh, exemptions with that tonight. It's just the way the Lord has said it to be. Then you have to receive eternal life. Chapter 5. In verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And so grace conquers. Grace conquers. We find secondly that righteousness is created. Now in Romans chapter 5 verse 19, it says that many shall be made righteous. Made righteous. How are we going to get righteous? Well, by the obedience of one shall we be made righteous. Now, in order to have the gift of righteousness, we've got to be made righteous. So being made righteous tonight is important because there's no way that you're going to go to heaven without being justified. You've got to be innocent and holy with God. And that's the only way to get there. Now, we find in Romans chapter 3... And in verse 10, it says, It is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. And that's true. But when you go through Christ, it's Him that makes you righteous. It's Him that gives you the gift of righteousness and you become holy, innocent tonight and you become justified with God whenever you receive the Lord Jesus Christ tonight and you become that righteous which is necessary for salvation. Through Christ. The Bible says in John 17, 25, the Father is righteous. It says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, that Jesus Christ is righteous. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, and that you put on the new man after God is created in righteousness and in true holiness tonight. We find that righteousness that's created. Righteousness cannot be earned, it cannot be traded for, and it cannot be found. You'll not get righteousness by the way of faith. You'll not get righteous by the way of, of, of doing something that you might think you can earn righteousness tonight. Righteousness is created. It's Jesus that made you righteous. Because he's created you in righteousness and in true holiness. That's how you was born again. That's how you were created in Christ Jesus. That's how tonight you say, I'm a new creature in Christ. How are you a new creature? I'm a new creature because I'm in righteousness. Amen. I've been created in righteousness. When God looks at me, he sees righteousness. When God looks at me, he sees justification. When God sees me, he sees holiness. When God sees me, he sees an innocence about me. And why does he see that? Because it was Jesus who gave me, created me, made me righteous. Amen. It was through Christ. And Christ alone. Tonight we see him very excited about the truth here. I notice here, thirdly, now grace conquers and righteousness is created, but eternal life is committed in verse 21. He says, So that might grace reign, that's the conquering of grace, through righteousness, that's the creation of righteousness, unto eternal life, that's the commitment that God is making unto us by Jesus Christ. So we find now that their eternal life is committed. No Christ, no grace. No Christ, no righteousness. 
No Christ, no eternal life. All eyes are on Jesus Christ. All eyes. Every eye. So tonight we find we had a focus. That's the sinner and his sin. We went through that last week. Tonight we had a fixation. If because of our sin we need grace. It comes through Jesus Christ. Because of our dying and going to hell we need eternal life. It comes through Jesus Christ. Because of our state, Romans chapter 3, verse 19, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's hard. But he can make us righteous. Right? So we find tonight a fixation upon Christ. Christ is the answer to the sinner. Now, the third thing I want to talk about tonight is faith. Faith. So we had focus, sin, and the Savior, or sin in the, in the sinner. We have fixation, the Savior and salvation. And the thirdly is faith, the saved and security. All right? So, in the faith, if we go back to the Scripture, Romans chapter 3, I want you to notice tonight in verse 22, the Bible says, Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So tonight, in order for us to be saved, we have to know the focus of sin and being a sinner. And what will happen is you say, I agree, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I acknowledge because of my sin, I'm going to go to hell. I acknowledge that. A sinner must come to the awareness of this. Number two, once they come to the awareness of them being a sinner, they'll see their need for a Savior. That Savior is Jesus Christ. And why is He the Savior? Because He's our Lord. He's the Lord. And tonight, that's what we just talked about, on why he was the Savior through those scriptures tonight. In so many areas, he abounds and much more abounds. He's superior. He's successful. He's single. Uh, tonight, he's the only one. And so we find tonight the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel is spoken of through these. It's not, it's not talking exactly about that, but it's talking of that. And tonight, that's where the power is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, with all that being said tonight, nobody gets saved until there's faith. Right? I mean, we can tell them about them. We can tell them about him. And nobody's saved until there's faith. Faith of Jesus Christ, according to verse 22. Faith by faith of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 23, tonight, all sinners all short. Okay? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In verse 24, the Bible says, being justified freely by grace. So we find now justification comes by grace. We see in verse 24, we're redeemed, redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So now we get redemption through Him. We find in verse 25 that it says, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. The word propitiation is atonement. And so now we have atonement for sin, which was the cross, which was the sacrifice and the substitute for sinners. That's what the atonement was. We find through faith in His blood. So while He's up on the cross, dying on the cross for our sin, being the atonement, the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, what are we to put faith in? In the blood. That's the blood. We find now there's faith in the blood. Then verse 25, he said, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins. So now that once you put faith in His blood, because you put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find the forgiveness of sins. Faith. We find uh, seven, Jesus is the just in verse 26. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just. He's without sin. And he's the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. So now he's the justifier of sinners. He's the just amongst sinners. We find in verse 26, believing in Jesus. 
We see in verse 28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without deeds of the law. And so it's very clear tonight that it's going to require faith. Faith in order to be saved tonight. Now, by believing in Jesus Christ tonight, I want you to look back in verse 22 with me. It says, Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all men. Now, we understand that tonight, right? You got to have faith in Jesus Christ to be saved. But look at the rest of the scripture tonight. This is interesting. He says, Unto all and upon all them that believe. We already have faith in there, right? But now he says, Believe. For there is no difference. So what the scripture is saying tonight is if even the righteousness of God, and we've got to have the righteousness of God in order to be saved. In order to get the righteousness of God, we've got to have faith in Jesus Christ. But while we put faith in Jesus Christ, it all, it all comes to all them that believe. Is believe and faith the same? It can't be the same. Because if it was the same, it would be the same word. And so I want to show you something. The word believe tonight, the word believe means this. It means to entrust. It has three meanings. You need to get it. To entrust in Jesus. It means to commit to Jesus. And it means to trust in Jesus. Now look, let's read it with those thoughts now. In verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. So those who put their trust, who put their commitment, and put their entrust, those will be saved. Okay? Now, faith. What is faith? Well, faith tonight means persuasion. It means credits or giving credit. It means conviction. It means assurance. And it means reliance. That's what it means. So tonight, that scripture is saying that if I put my persuasion and put my assurance and put my reliance upon Jesus Christ, now I can entrust Him. See that? If that Christ that you told me about a while ago that was superior in success and single. And it, that Christ that you told me, if I have faith and I am persuaded that what you said and what the Word of God says, now I can believe them. Does that make sense? I got to have persuasion first and now belief comes behind and entrust Him and commits to Him and entrust Him. That's why it's like that. So once, I, and once I'm persuaded of Christ, now I can believe Christ. Amen? That's good. I mean, I've been shouting all day about that, just that little point right there. Let's turn to Romans chapter 4, verse 5, and I'll close. Romans chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, But to him that worketh not... But believeth. Now what does believe mean? Believe means to entrust, right? To entrust Christ, your soul. To trust Jesus and to commit to Christ. All right? But believe, believeth on him, trust in him, commit to him, that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So it's like this. If I say tonight that I am persuaded that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin and that he was the atonement, he was the sacrifice, he was the substitute for me and I never entrust him, I'm not counted for righteousness. There's a many a people today who have faith that Jesus Christ died on that cross and they got faith that he rose again. And they got faith that he's coming back. But where they've come short is they have not entrusted. They have not committed. And they and I have trusted the Lord to be counted 
as righteousness. This is where salvation tonight needs to be understood completely. You can have all this belief, the devils believe and tremble. Have all this belief, have all this faith, have all this stuff, but there's never a point when you have entrust, commit, or trust, you're not counted under righteousness. Many, many people today. That's why Paul could say, as I preached Sunday morning, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, he could say this, examine yourselves, prove your own selves, know your own selves, that Jesus Christ in you except you be reprobates. Because there's a majority of people today, I feel in the church, the majority, they have all this faith, but they have no entrust. They've never come to the place and got in Christ, and Christ get in them. They have the form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. It makes sense to me. It makes sense. And so we've got to, we're going to lead somebody to Christ. We've got to lead them up and let them know the bad news. We've got to let them know the good news. But then we've got to let them know, you might believe that, but you've got to entrust Christ. You've got to make Christ yours. You've got to make Jesus personal. He comes in and you go. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. So I'm excited about this situation here. So anyway, kind of question is, do you have faith in Christ? And if you do, then believe them. If you have faith in Christ, then believe them. So we find tonight the scriptures are so good, so clear and so plain. I'm so glad tonight that I got saved and I was taught and I have the King James Bible And the Lord has helped me through all these years to be able to stick with the truth and stay with the truth. And the truth just works. And that works tonight. All right. Anybody have any prayer requests? Burning, send the gleam.
starving seamen, you may rescue, you may save. Let the lower lights be burning, send and leave across the way. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen.